This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, game lines. Download Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. Twenty twenty four, we are here. We haven't shaved. What else could you ask for? Um, century. This is no longer the Century Tournament of Champions. The Century. We have more players in this field than we usually see, and that is awesome. Primetime golf is awesome. Primetime golf is probably the the best thing about the the early season, early of the year golf. Every single year, we get the Sony. We get the century, obviously. We get the the West Coast swing. And just having golf on in that late window is a beautiful thing year in, year out. Like watching a football game finish and like clicking over to Golf Channel, we have golf on. So more than anything, that is what I'm most looking forward to. Primetime golf is awesome. Just like when golf comes on in the Olympics or Japan or whenever, just having golf on at night is is awesome. So we are here, one one, a beautiful sports day. College football gets going in about an hour and a half, um, and then from there, we got college, ba- a few college, ba- a few college basketball games, and then it's golf. So that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about golf. I am going to pull up the DraftKings leaderboard, and we're just going to go top to bottom. I'm going to tell you the six golfers you need to win the Millie, to win whatever. If you enter these six golfers, you'll probably win whatever contest you. Uh, you enter. So let's get right to it. And we will t- start with this upper range, Scotty Scheffler down to Xander Shoffley. Um, so what do you want to make of these golfers? I'm going to go in and out of the DraftKings because I want to want to talk about some of these guys. Scotty Scheffler making his first start since his win at the Hero World Challenge where he figured out how to putt, I guess you could say. No, he did not figure out how to putt, but he putt well. He has a new putter in his bag, and we know that's all he needs to succeed. But I'm not going to go through and talk to you about Scotty Shuffler's game. I'm going to tell you who and if you should pick someone from this upper range because personally, I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm going to jump down to a guy by the name. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to click his name first and then pull it up. I'm going to jump all the way down this golfer a guy by the name of Wyndham Clark I think I'm going to skip this range entirely at least for my single entry and small small pool lineups I'm going to go to Wyndham Clark and why is that because Wyndham Clark this is a golf course where you could drive it nearly anywhere you want you could drive it like 18 at the U.S. Open Wyndham Clark sliced it completely right he thought he was dead in the water he hit the fairway he can do that on damn near every single hole at Kapalua and he will. From there, what is Wyndham Clark's game? Hit some greens and get super hot with the putter. That is exactly what Kapalu asked you to do. So Wyndham Clark's going to have a lot less club than not everyone, but a good majority of this field. He hits the ball a long way, and that's what you want. So Wyndham Clark is going to be one of my uh, top picks in this upper range. But if you do have to select someone, I guess, from 11 to 10, I, I, I said there's four guys. Robert McElroy is obviously not playing from 11 to 10. Um, there's definitely names to be said. So Xander Schroffley is going to garner a lot, of, a lot of ownership. He does every single year at this event. But it's just like, 
it's the same story with every, every single year with Xander. You know you're probably going to get like a T8 finish and a very boring T8 finish at that. And like, do you want to do that? Is that what is that what the goal of your lineup is? And it's going to be very ownership related. So I'm not going to give you a real like Xander opinion right now because it's very like cut and dry, very bland. He's won this golf course. He's won at this golf course before. He knows his way around here. He can surely win again. But I don't know if I want to do the Xander thing. Now, Hovland at 10-5 has not looked great since uh, his uh, break, I guess. At the Hero World Challenge, he didn't finish dead last, but he chipped really poorly, which is not interesting to see because he's notoriously a bad chipper. But he kind of figured some things the last year and a half, and or last year, and the time off, I guess he lost a little bit of that chipping. I know uh, where the Hero World Challenge was is a golf course that's super tough to chip on, at least historically. And Kapalua, a little bit of the same. You got to be creative around these greens complexes and know how to chip. We saw uh, Victor Hovland ch chip his way out of Augusta. We saw it, and it, it, not, it's not the same thing, but it's definitely comparable. So I don't know. I think it's definitely a real thing that Victor Hovland took some time off and chipped a little bit poorly. So I, if I have to pick someone, I, yeah, you already listened. I like Wyndham Clark, but from this top range, it's just going to be Scotty. It's just his ceiling is his floor is so high, meaning I don't see him finishing like outside of fourth. And at 11K, you can't have him finish outside of fourth. So Hovland's more volatile. Xander's safer, but how high is his ceiling? And for a thousand dollars more, I think I can do the Scotty Scheffler Scotty Scheffler thing, but. My favorite play up here is going to be Wyndham Clark at 9-6. Let's go down the board a little bit and talk about some more names. Uh, so Patrick Hanley, uh, obviously making some some noise in the uh, golf world uh, yesterday. He put out an article with uh, – he didn't put, an out, put out an article. He was a part of an article with uh, Dylan Deathier, I think it's how you pronounce it, of golf.com. Some pretty juicy stuff. If you haven't read that, definitely – uh, take a look at that article. So Patrick Cantlay is here. Patrick P Patrick Cantlay, pampered fuck, making his appearance where he does every year. And just a, a clip. You got to watch the clip if you know what I'm talking about. So Patrick Cantlay, what is his game? Hit it straight. Hit it far. Patrick Cantlay is a fucking bomber. He's my guy. And get hot with the putter. Now, I think the break is is going to is going to benefit Patrick Cantlay tremendously. I think Patrick Cantley having some time off to just reconvene and get back to his good putting baseline is going to be huge because we saw a statistically amazing ball striking season from Patrick Cantley last year, and he did not have the putter to match it. Patrick Cantley's had the putter to match average to good ball striking uh, eight out of 10 years of his career. I'm just saying 80% of the time, Patrick Cantley is a great putter, but last year he was not. So the time off, I think, is going to be very beneficial to Patrick Cantlay's putting specifically because we know he's a a good ball striker, but last year was otherworldly. Like if it wasn't for Scotty Scheffler's uh, poor putting and amazing ball striking, Patrick Cantlay would have been a storyline for his amazing tee to green play and poor putting. I, I'm not even joking you; it was truly that good. So I'm expecting more of the same, and I'm expecting Patrick Cantlay to put the ball a little bit better this year. And I think that could start um, start here. And at 9,900, Patrick Cantlay is 
a great price. Now, Max Homa, a guy who's just prolifically getting better, getting better year in, year out. We saw Max Homa play this event last year and have a really good finish. Uh, this is his third time, uh, fourth time here, but he finished third last year. And he just seems like he's getting so much better by the month. Like, obviously, guys get better over time, but Max Homa, uh, he used to be, used to be a clown. Now he's just like so damn good at golf we saw him go over to europe and just like yeah let me just win this event so he's playing great golf i guess playing great golf comparably to everyone else because everyone else hasn't been playing golf and he has been so i think max homa is going to take that next step this year max homa is going to be a very popular major pick this year and it's for good reason um so we're going to see him be a very popular pick in big events uh do I want to do it here? Not necessarily because Max Homa is notorious. He said he prefers conditions minus 12 to minus 15. He said minus 15 is an event that I feel like I could win no matter where it is. And we're going to see double that at this golf course. So like you can say, we could say whatever we want about ball striking numbers. This is going to come down to who can make the most 10 foot putts. And I'm not complaining. Like I said, primetime golf. That's all. That's really all I want. But we're still going to find the guy to to do it. So let's go down a little bit. See anyone else in this uh, upper 9K range that I could potentially want to click. Now, Matt Fitz, he is kind of coming into his own. He he came, he had a very average to weak PJ Tour season last year. But during the spring, he found, he found something and went with it. He was really hot around the masters and then he won the week after at the heritage and then after that it was kind of average 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 and then late in the season he found something with his irons he popped at the bmw championship and then he went over to europe played a few events and looked really good so with matt fitz we know what we're getting really good driving and really good putting when that approach play is 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 cooking up and we've seen it cook up that's when he wins and that's when he plays really well so we saw that over the fall in europe over the uh, late summer and fall in Europe. So the time off, how is that going to benefit the irons? But it's all about the irons with Matt Fitz. If he is able to not hit him perfect, but hit him well enough to, ma to match that awesome off the tee game and awesome putting game, Matt Fitz is a guy who can get to 30 under par, even though he might be a difficult conditions guy at the heart. I think Matt Fitz can definitely come uh, to this event and kind of piss people off because people don't really like to see Matt's, Matt Fitz in the winner's circle. Um, finished fourth at the Hero World Challenge, which is a really good finish and a, a strong field. And he finished seventh here last year. I think Matt Fitz is definitely a great DFS play. I don't think he's going to win, but I think his ceiling is elevated and he's playing some good golf. So before we get down to some lower names, I have to talk to you a little bit about underdog fantasy underdog fantasy use pro, uh, promo code SGPN for a hundred dollars uh, deposit match. Sorry, a hundred dollar deposit match. You guys know about underdog fantasy pick anywhere from two to five legs higher or lower, and you can win a bunch of money. I posted a ticket the other night, uh, hit four out of five, but I insured. So I won two X my money, put a nice $400 slip in on the Cowboys lions game. Super fun. Let's go down. We are going to talk. Who's next? Who do I want to talk about next? We just talked about Matt Fitzpatrick, Brian Harmon. I'm really not seeing it at a golf course like this. He, you, I want a golf course that's super straight. Uh, I mean, super, you need to be super straight off the tee and then difficult conditions. I'm not with the Brian Harmon thing. Let's do the Colin Morikawa conversation at $9,100. He may just be 100% owned. 
So Colin Morikawa last year, uh, he blew this event. Yeah, he was winning damn near the whole time. Nine holes to play. It was I was about to turn the TV off, sitting on my couch right there. And Colin Morikawa makes a few mistakes, and I'm like, okay, we got a golf tournament. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here with a John Rahm seven to one single bullet because I care about my return on investment. You guys should too. Single bullet John Rahm ticket and. Colin Morikawa just made another mistake. He chipped the ball back to his feet, and he ultimately blew up, uh, yielding John Rahm to win the event. So, Colin Morikawa is going to be a very popular pick this week, and he has amazing course history. So, rightfully so, Colin Morikawa, this is course history. Second last year, fifth the year before that, seventh and seventh. Seventh place at the Hero and first place at the Zozo. Playing good golf. Great course history. He is going very fairly priced. He is going to be so highly owned. Now, personally, full fade. I I know the course history is really good, but I don't see this golf course as a fit for Colin Morikawa. And maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe like, look, it's Matt, it's obvious. He's finished inside the top seven here every single time he's played. But when I think Colin Morikawa, I think a golf course that demands ball striking, demands precision. That is not Kapalua. Demands difficult conditions, hard hard scoring conditions, major conditions. Not 35 under. That's not Colin Morikawa. And that's what he's shown to do in the, at this event. Like He's shown to play great golf. But that's not Colin Morikawa at the core. And I just don't see Kapalua as a course that in, in five years from now, we're like, you know, you know how every, like Rory at Wells Fargo just... Guys have their course. I don't see in five years from now, yeah, like, yeah, you play Colin Morikawa at Kapalua. I don't see that becoming a thing. I mean, we're four years in the making of it becoming a thing, but I'm going to take a back seat to it now. I do not think Colin Morikawa is a good play at all. He's going to be super owned and a golf, at a golf course where there's so much putting involved, super volatile scoring, birdies being made left and right. I don't see Colin Morikawa prospering. I just truly don't. And maybe DraftKings is smart for like pricing them where pricing him where they did to just drive up his ownership. And then just he's going to be, I think he's a bad play because if he was a, a good play, maybe he'd be 9,900. So I'm going to take the backseat to Colin Morikawa. I don't think he's going to break the top seven again this year. Uh, I think he is going to be a, well, he is going to be a full fade for me at the middle, at the bottom of this 9K range. So same thing with Tommy Fleetwood. Now, I'm interested to see what Tommy Fleetwood's ownership could be because, like, literally a horrible golf course for Tommy Fleet Tommy Fleetwood. But, but if Tommy Fleetwood's seven percent owned, he can get to. If Will Zalatoris can get to twenty under, which he did last year at this event for the first time in his PGA PGA Corn Ferry and college career. Trust me, I ran the numbers because that is my guy. Wills Alturas got the 20 under. Tommy Fleetwood can get the 20 under at a golf course like this. Like I said with Colin Morikawa and uh, Terrell Hatton. I'm not Terrell Hatton. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. Difficult conditions, guys. But I, if, you're giving, uh, if you're giving me a 7% Tommy Fleetwood because all the ownership is going to Colin Morikawa, he will, he will be sprinkled because he could surely mix. Tommy Fleetwood is the king of backdooring and shooting a 65 when the baseline scores like 69 when it's when he's super out of the event so he could definitely get low 
he doesn't he doesn't get low regularly and no one's gonna play him so at seven percent which i when i first ran when i first looked at numbers i saw seven percent on tommy fleetwood super early nearly meaningless but i'm down like i'm down let's go down a little bit talk about some other big names i will pull up my screen again so you guys can see as well uh tom kim now revenge game for tom kim i actually like i want to stop at 8900 so we'll get to the 8k range tom kim played this event last year for his first time finished fifth Tom Kim should have a pit in his stomach, a fire, and he should be ready to win every golf tournament. I'm not a Tom Kim guy. Hold on, wait. Got my hair back. You guys like the new look? I don't know if it's going to be a new look, but got my hair back. I don't know why I just stopped and did that. So, Tom Kim, his caddy left him for Ludwig. He got Joe Scov on the bag, left Ricky, went to Tom Kim, a little new duo. Oh, he's talking to Joe Scov. He always wears that San Diego hat. Um, he got Joe Scov in the bag, had a decent year. Joe Scov sees the new toy come up in Ludwig, and he kicks Tom Kim to the curb. And Tom Kim is feels like he's got to feel like shit. But Tom Kim has a new caddy on the bag. Tom Kim has played great at this golf course. Tom Kim cares about golf so much. You know for a damn fact this kid has been grinding. He's showed his loyalty to the PGA Tour. Uh, he spoke about how much it, it means to him. And where do you want? You want Tom Kim at a golf course that's shorter, demands accuracy, and he can get hot with the putter. But he could definitely make birdies. He's going to be a little bit further back from the from the pack, just meaning in the fairway. Like he's going to be hitting from further because he's just not as long off the tee. But he's that's the same thing for 90% of the courses he plays, and he could definitely make birdies. I, this is not a perfect golf course for Tom Kim, but at the price point of what? 8,900, 8,900, like I'm down. I'm really down for Tom Kim to do it. So right below him, talk about Jordan Smith, Jordan Spieth, uh, Kapalua comp, Augusta comp is, is a real thing. We know that. Let me just unclick Wyndham Clark real quick. We know that it's a real comp and we know, uh, how well Jordan Spieth has played at this golf course. He has great results and it's boomer bust. Like, you know what you're getting, you're going to get that T5 finish. You're going to get that T45 finish. It's a super ownership question. Uh, we don't, how much golf has Jordan Spieth been playing the last few weeks? Probably not much, although he did look good at the Hero World Challenge. But I will warn you, his Hero World Challenge finish was completely aided with the around the green play. So with that being said, he didn't hit the ball that well. I don't think he's been playing that much at home. I mean, I don't know what Jordan Spieth's been doing, but He's pro- no, he's gearing up for the Texas game. You don't care about this shit. Jordan Spieth is not going to finish well. Texas is in the playoff. Texas will probably be in the natty. Sorry, Adam. But Texas will probably be in the natty. I think Texas is going to win, by the way. If we're here, we're at this point of the show. I think Texas is going to win. I think it's going to be a really good game, though. Uh, it's going to come down to the wire, and I think Texas is going to make that clutch stop. And I think it's going to be like two points under the total. I think it's like 63 and a half. It's going to finish on 61. It's going to be a high scoring game, but I think the total set a little bit too high. And these defenses have been playing a little bit, a little bit better. Texas is going to make a key, a key fourth down stop because Washington is going to be uber aggressive and Jordan speed is going to go crazy. So he don't give a shit about this damn golf event. Uh, he's happy to be in Hawaii. He's drinking and he is gear. Same thing with Scotty. Oh, fuck. Can't play Scotty either because he's caring about Texas. All right. We're canceling the show and we have to do the college connections and see who cares and who doesn't care. Fuck. 
So if your golfer is didn't attend any of these schools that are playing in the national champion or the playoff, they have a chance to win this golf tournament. If they do, if they did attend, they had no chance. So no, this is a real thing. You think narratives aren't a real thing. They are a real thing. So let's see, just from the top, Scotty Scheffler, Texas playing no chance. Victor Hovland, bad chipping, no chance. Xander Shroffley, San Diego state. Now he has a chance. Patrick Hanley, UCLA has a chance. Max Homa Cal has a chance. Wyndham Clark, Oregon, has a chance. Matt Fitz in Northwestern doesn't have a chance. I'm kind of joking, but that just kind of got me on a tangent with Jordan Spieth. I don't think he cares about this event as much as he should. He's got his focuses elsewhere. So we will move down a little bit. Who do we just talk about? Jordan Spieth. Let's do the Ludwig conversation. I'm not going to bore you. You guys know how I feel about Ludwig. I am buying as much Ludwig stock as possible, and I will keep it simple. The best players in the world are the longest and the straightest. Ludwig has already has already proven to be one of the longest and one of the straightest. Total driving is a massive stat that correlates to success. Doesn't matter which golf course golf course it is. If you are long, if you are straight, you can have you have less club in your hands. You can get hot from there. So at eighty seven hundred, yeah, yes, Ludwig will be in some of my lineups. Now Ricky Fowler, he is in a weird spot. Because I don't know how many people are going to want to play him at 8,600 when Ludwig's right above him. But when you look at the Ricky Fowler course history, it is legit. So Ricky Fowler has played here a few times and he hasn't finished outside of eighth. He is just a Kapalua killer. Whatever, what, what do you want to call him? Ricky Fowler loves this place. I will finish. I'll talk about the exact results. Hold on. Let me pull him up to get the year-by-year Ricky Fowler results. He has played here. Four times, sixth, fifth, fourth, fifth. So those results are what they are. Don't know what it is. And it's kind of weird because this is a golf course that like is very putter reliant. And not that Ricky Fowler is a, no, Ricky Fowler is a great putter, but you would think the course history would be stickier at a course that is more ball striking demanded and the tee to green demanded. And it's just really not. So Ricky Fowler, 8,600, great course history. I think he kind of steps back a little bit because when we saw him play the Zozo, which I believe was his was his last start. This, no, the Zozo was his last start and, and Albany before that. Ricky Fowler lost five strokes ball striking at the Hero World Challenge. And he lost, we don't have strokes gained data from the Zozo, but he lost five strokes to the field. That's two really bad middling finishes from Ricky Fowler. And now he heads to a course with great course history. Um, so... Weird. He's going to garner some, some ownership, but I'm going to take the backseat to it. I do not think it's going to be two really bad results back-to-back that we saw. So who knows how much golf he was playing uh, down here in Jupiter as well. So I'm going to take the backseat to Ricky, take the backseat to Jordan. Let's scroll down a little bit. We don't have to go through every single one of these names, but I want to talk a little bit about... Why does it stop? Okay. A little bit about Tony Finau and Cameron Young. 8,400 and 8,300. So like I said, with Wyndham Clark, this is a golf course where you can go bombs away, hit it as far as you want it, hit it as not straight as you want it, and then pick up, put an iron in your hand and then Brody seek. No holes are going to be tough. No holes are going to be hard to hit the fairway. Wyndham, I mean, Wyndham Clark, Tony Finau, Cam Young, all guys that fit that narrative, just bomb it down there and get super hot. We've seen Tony Finau find his biggest success at bigger coastal resort courses, i.e. Mexico, 
i.e. Kapalua. And the last we saw of Tony Finau at the Hero World Challenge, he looked really good. He had one hole that he made that double or triple bogey on that Saturday when he was in that final group. And he kind of never found his footings after that. But what I'm saying is Tony Finau recently just showed he's playing good golf, recently just pledged his allegiance to the PGA Tour. He wants to be here. He wants to feed his big family. This is a perfect golf course for him. I know he's not a good putter, but Tony Finau does well in birdie fest when the scoring conditions are really easy and he can just stick everything to four to 10 feet and find that hot putter. So Cam Young, I'll do the Cam Young thing now. What is a golf course that we saw strong field that we saw Cam Young play well at and almost win? The Open at St. Andrews. What about the Open in St. Andrews and Kapalua can we correlate? Drive it anywhere you want. Make a ton of birdies. I'm not going to overthink it. Cam Young found success in a very strong field in very similar conditions. Now, heading into that open, Cam Young was in really bad form. And he's finished, what was it? T2? I think it was T2. Um, after he eagled, eight, yeah, he eagled 18 and put a little pressure on Cam Smith's putt. Uh, so Cam Young, not in the best form. A lot of questions around him right now. Caddy split. We saw Will Zalatoris get his first win on a new caddy. Why can't Cam Young do it? People called Will Zalatoris a loser until he won. People are calling Cam Young a loser until he wins. Can Cam Young win this golf tournament? Hell yeah. Will Cam Young win this golf tournament? Most likely. No, I'm just kidding. But I really like Cam Young. Uh, like I said, wide fairways, bomb it, and just make a ton of birdies. So Cam Young, Tone, they'll probably be on the card. Um, let's go down a little bit, find some golfers in this 7K range, and then we'll cap it off with a name or two in the 6K range that I like early on in the week. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama is very concerning. Obviously, some injuries last year, and then he had to he head to Japan, where he usually plays really well, the Zozo Championship, and it was ugly. So I don't love what that what we're seeing with Hideki, and I don't love a golf course we have to get the 35 under for Hideki. So we're taking the backseat to Hideki. Now, a little bit down. Russell Henley will be popular and in this range. He is loves to make birdies. He's played well here before. But I want to look at Sahit Tagala. It's the it's the it's just the narrative of play of, of player that I want. We saw Sahith win a golf tournament already this year. We saw Sahith win at Napa Valley. Not 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 that you can drive it anywhere at Napa Valley, but you could kind of drive it anywhere in Napa Valley. Uh, not very penal off the tee. That's what we're going to get here. We know Sahith's biggest downfall is driving accuracy. And then he's really good with his, not really good with his irons, but he can get really hot with his irons. He's really creative around the greens and he can get really hot with the putter. Now we have the Kapalua. You can bomb it wherever you want. Sahith the Gala, he's not the longest, but he's not the straightest. He's definitely above average in length though. He can hit it wherever he wants and just lean into that creativity around the green and on the green. And he can definitely get super hot and make a ton of birdies. So so hit the gala at this price point, I think, is a really good selection for the middle 7K range. Um, who else do we want to talk about down here that I think could give you a good chance? I'm going to definitely be fading Eric Cole. He's going to be popular. Look, he's just going to be playing so much further back in the fairway than everyone else. Like He's going to have to make birdies from 175 when everyone else isn't trying to make birdies from 150. He's not long or he's not straight. I am not with the uh, Harris English thing. I mean... I'm not the Harris English thing. I'm, I'm not with the Eric Cole thing. Neither of the two. Uh, now, JT Poston and Cam Davis, I think, are golfers that can definitely make some noise here. Cam Davis fits the narrative of the 
long, not accurate, but just super aggressive and a, a birdie maker. He fits that narrative completely. So Cam Davis will be a definitely a click. Now, JT Poston, definitely interesting. He struggles a bit to uh, drive it completely. Not the longest, not the straightest, but an absolute microwave kind of with his middle and wet middle irons and wedges. Now he's not going to have the most wedges at this golf course because it's just because it's simply a bit longer, but JT Poston can get as hot as anyone. And we saw JT Poston kind of take a little bit of a step last year on the PGA tour. He was always a above average, but kind of like lower tier player. I would say he's still that, but he, uh, one step higher. I don't know what tier you'd put that in. And now with the top of the guys, top guys in the PGA tour going to the, going to live, the tour is getting a little bit diluted and JT Poston seems locked in, seems ready to take that next step. We saw JT Poston tweet. Uh, well, at least I saw him tweet something about having to delete Twitter and just start hitting golf balls. Cause he sees the money that's being made and he sees the opportunity he has to take that next step. So I think JT Poston is a great click at this price point. His exact price is 7,200. So that between him and Cam Davis, both of those guys can definitely help your lineups. We will move down and find a name for the 6k range. Now the 6k range is not hard, but there's some names. Oxy T at 6,200 is going to garner a ton of ownership. And that's just because the name, everyone loves to play Akshay, but this is not a course you want to play Akshay on. Too many birdies need to be made and the field is just simply too strong. So he's going to be a chalky 6K guy, I guess you could say, but I don't want to do it. I think the two names you want to click are these two names. Hold on. My screen's freaking out. Screen's freaking out, whatever. The two names you want to click are 6,500 Vincent Norman. And then who was the name I just saw? Not hell. The name I just saw. Come on. Oh, I remember. Okay, the two names you want to click. My screen is just not working, but it's sixty five hundred Vincent Norman, and I believe it's sixty six hundred. But my screen is not going up. It's Matt Wallace. Those two names are going to help you in the six K range. Vincent Norman, a young Swede. Ludwig is getting all the narrative. I mean, as he should. But Vincent Norman has two wins as well. He won the Barbasol and he won over in Europe. I believe it was the Irish Open. And he is a guy who has all the shots, has the tee to green game and can get really hot with the putter. I like Vincent Norman a little bit better in difficult scoring conditions, but at 6,500, everyone's going to go down to Akshay. Benny Norms can definitely heat it up. Now, a guy I don't think anyone's going to go to, but they should, is Matt Wallace. We saw Matt Wallace win at a coastal resort track earlier in the season. And then he kind of went away, but didn't play the best, best golf. But this guy played more golf than anyone in this entire field over the fall. He played a full, like literally an entire DP world tour schedule. Once the PGA tour season ended and he capped it off with a second place finish at the DP world tour championship. The DP world tour championship had John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Nikolai Horgaard, uh, Victor Hovland, everyone, Matt, it was extremely strong field. And Matt Wallace finished second in that field. And in his last two starts, six and five ball striking. Like he's hitting the ball well. It's not fluky. And we already saw him win on a golf course, not like this, but you could definitely draw comparisons to him winning on a coastal 
resort course track and we're hit in Hawaii. So 6,600 Matt Wallace. I think he's a great play that wraps it up. I will be doing a ton of content this week and a kind of a ton of content going forward. This is what I do now full time golf shit. So DM me with questions. I got you. Uh, you'll, you'll see me later in the week uh, somewhere. You guys know where to find me. Peace out. Talk to you soon. Roll Tide.